0: Welcome to the Hallmarkies Podcast. We are really excited today to bring you a very special interview. Uh, I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and today we are talking to the showrunner for both When Calls the Heart and uh, When Hope Calls, uh, Alfonso Moreno. And thank you so much, Alfonso, for coming on the podcast.
1: Believe me, I'm happy to be here.
0: Thank you. Yes. So what we like to do uh, on our podcast is we like to give our guests a chance to introduce themselves and to tell us what inspired you to, in your case, pursue a career in, in television.
1: I'm uh, one of these people who can, you know, literally from the time I can remember, long as I remember, I was like five years old and people would ask me what I wanted to be and I'd say a writer. And I'm not exactly sure why I identified that, but I just always knew I wanted, that's what I wanted to be. So I, you know, I ended up going to um, film school as an undergrad and, but as an, you know, my path to a writer was a little bit longer in that when I finished uh, going to film school at UCLA, I didn't see a real path to becoming a writer. I couldn't see how, like the next step is you go to school and you're an engineer, you people, you know, literally hire you to do that, but that's not the way it is in in this industry. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, rather than waiting by, uh, by, the, by the phone, hoping someone would call, I would um, become a lawyer and then I could sort of produce my own work. So I ended up going to law school and uh, I practiced for a few years and I went back to, and then after that, I went back to film school and got a master's in, in screenwriting. But it it turned out that becoming a lawyer helped me in in a way I had not anticipated in becoming a writer. There are a lot of legal shows, and uh, these legal shows often want uh, writers who are lawyers because Mm -hmm. you can write legal shows very sort of more realistically. So that was ultimately my my path in is literally soon after I finished uh, my master's program at UCLA, I, I got within like six weeks, I got my first job writing uh, on a new series. Uh, and it was a police show, but it was a police officer's first experience in a courtroom. So they hired me because of my legal experience to sort of make that sort of, uh, a realistic sort of uh, yeah. story. And then from then on, I just sort of continued on as a writer and, and, uh, and then writer producer. That's so
0: cool. Yeah. So you started, it was The Guardian, was your
1: first? Well, No, I go way back. It's, oh, you go no, way back. Farther back than that. Yeah, um, I used to uh, write for a show called uh, uh, Murder One, which is a legal show. Oh. And, um The Practice, which is also a legal show. Oh, yeah. So those are my, uh, those are the first yeah. shows I uh, w- uh, was working yeah. on. Then I went to work uh, for NCIS and The Guardian, Drop mm-hmm. Dead Diva. So, yeah. you know, a, a long sort of a longest career, which is always yeah. a great thing to have in this industry.
0: That's great. Did you grow up in the States or were you in?
1: Uh, I grew up in Northern California. California oh, in, Northern California. Near San Francisco.
0: Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, my grandparents, uh, they lived in um, in Walnut Creek. And, ah, yeah. Oh, I'm really familiar with that, that yeah, kind very, of area. Very warm there. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> really nice. Well, the warmer
1: parts of the area, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's cool. And uh, so, yeah, was it, was it really, did you have like a freak out moment when you had your first script that you'd ever done? Was that just a, a do you remember that?
1: I do remember that. And it, what, what was odd about it is that when you're in, then at least when I was in film school, to get you know, a master's in film, you ended up writing, you had to write, among other, the writing you did was uh, feature films. So I wrote, you know, in order, you have to take a lot of other just basic courses in production and direction. But the writing is all feature. So my first job was to write a television script, and which mm-hmm. I had never done before, right? Because I didn't at the time ever teach television writing. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's much of the same sort of basics, but it's just a different, you know, a slightly different animal. Sure. So that was sort of my first experience. And then since then, I've just been in television this whole career but uh so it wasn't a, so much as a, a freak out moment but it was a quick learning uh how to do something a little differently than I had been uh taught in school at least yeah
0: so you didn't have to do like the whole spec script kind of game or that kind of thing no
1: I was fortunate because uh in, when I was in film school uh, the you know the there was a much many of the professors were like, you know, had been not in the industry for a long time and they had, uh, and they were tenured. But, uh, my last my thesis script was with a visiting professor who was a working writer by the name of Dan Pine, and he had done um, a lot of feature films like Doc Hollywood and, um, and, uh, another one was called Pacific Heights. Uh-huh so he he had was really connected in in, in the industry so, and when I finished my last script there, he recommended me to a friend of his who was just getting a series off the ground, so it was just a, a a really fortunate sort of path in so I was hired on for that his friend series and then this Dan Pine got his own series and he hired me for that, and then he recommended me to someone else so, so for the first three or four years my career was all because this one professor who just was well connected so i was very fortunate just to sort of go right into it that's great
0: that's really cool uh so i'm i'm really curious about the whole behind the scenes of a show so you have the showrunner then you have the writers you have producers you have the director of an episode you have all these people involved so when you uh i'm just curious about the decision making process and and how that all works so do do you t- as, a sh- as a showrunner do you come up with the whole concept for the whole season and then you say to the writer here's what you want to write about or do you did the writers come to you and say here's what i want to write about here's my script and then you work it into the arc of the whole season
1: what happens is that um you know the writers' room is in uh, in Los Angeles, and I'm as the showrunner, I'm, I'm the head writer. So uh-huh. I have my writers. We all sort of are in the same room, and we uh, sort of just talk things through in the room. And I I, I end up giving the the, the network and uh, Brad Corvoy the, uh, the head of the MPCA, who's the, sort of the studio in this in this instance the sort of a document that says this is basically what I want to do during the course of the year without a lot of some specifics but some generalities and then you know they you know they review it, give me their thoughts give me their co- notes on that and then for each for each episode i I send uh, the, the storylines to Hallmark and to brad crevoy and and get mm-hmm. their notes on on it so that when, Script after they I get their notes on my proposed stories, and the writers are all in the writers' room with me. So I'll you know I'll sign them uh, scripts, and we'll work out the the story beats uh, uh, in the room. So that when the script comes in, you know it's it's already there are not a lot of surprises because we've worked out every what the beats will be.
0: Yeah, and are you thinking more than even just more than the season, or do you usually just kind of stay? With that season arc,
1: generally I stay uh, on just that season arc. Uh, Sometimes I'm thinking a little bit ahead, but uh, there's so much that can change within a season that if I were to go beyond that, it would like I could be have gone really way off course. So I have to sort of see how how one season ends, uh, and then. Versus how the you know then I can know uh-huh. where I can start from. At the, uh, at the beginning of season six of One Call's a Heart, I knew I wanted to end the season with that dance oh, and really? Elizabeth, uh, you know, choosing Lucas and and Nathan, uh, you know, seeing that and, and walking out and, and seeing the look between them that. That's sort of the, I identified that moment just so I, because I wanted that to, you know, I'd wanted, had, I'd hoped to develop a, a Team Lucas and a Team Nathan sort of approach to the season. And I knew that if I ended it that way, that the, that the social media uh, would sort of uh, run with that. Yeah, and it and it and they did.
0: <laughs> well, I definitely want to ask you more about that, but I have to ask you. So, you were were you a showrunner or just a writer for Drop the Diva?
1: I was a uh, uh, on my my first showrunning job was with uh, one call one calls the heart. Prior to okay. that, I'd been a co executive producer and oh, okay. uh, supervising producers on on different shows on On Drop Dead Diva, I believe I was a a co-executive producer. I I I love that Sometimes you're, yeah, that was fun. And that was another show that had, you know, that that was a show they wanted me to come in because I was a a lawyer and, you know, the it had a lot of humor, but it, you know, dealt with this one character who, um, you know, her her job was to be a lawyer.
0: Well, three of the characters.
1: Yeah. Lawyers.
0: Yeah. 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 I loved that show i thought it was so funny and i love brooke so much it's kind of my dream to, that she'll be in a hallmark movie someday because i just think yeah she'd, she'd be so, great yeah she would be She's so good and something, yeah and something yeah. a little different you know we haven't had anybody quite like her i feel like
1: yeah i agree yeah. i think she'd and, be fantastic i think that's and, an excellent idea
0: yeah and i just i love her energy and how positive she was because I don't know, like a lot of, uh, a lot of people uh, are a lot of times they try to do like the empowered plus size woman. um, But then it ends up just being a bunch of like fat jokes. And so it's, it's kind of like self-defeating. And like, I felt that way with the Pitch Perfect series that, that Fat Amy started as this really awesome character that I loved. And by the end, she just was a total joke. And it was very frustrating to me, but I felt like in Drop Dead Diva, she was such, because she wasn't Inside, that's not who she was, right. and so yeah. she was such a unique, like empowering, funny, confident character, and uh, I just I loved it. I I thought it was so good.
1: Yeah, and you know it, it, that was a, a lifetime show, but it had elements of Hallmark, and that yeah. it had a lot of uh, it had humor, but it had just uh, a good emotion, we like you know, like emotion where you you tear up, but but not in a sad way. Yeah. I guess, uh, so I, I really think that was yeah. along the lines of the, sh- the show.
0: It did. I mean, great it, actress. was it funny for you as a, as a, as somebody who'd been to law school as an attorney, um, just some of those cases were so silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And that's, and you know, you try to do that kind of, you know, it's when I was on the practice, on the same lot was uh, Ally McBeal, which is the yeah. same sort of thing. The practice dealt with these really serious cases and Allie McBeal was sort of the odd sort of, uh, you know, yeah. straining uh, credulity sort of case. But, right. you know, they're fun, it's.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I could definitely see that comparison uh, for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but, you know, there was team Grayson, team Owen, dropped a diva and I was wondering if that was kind of inspiration a little bit for kind of going that route you know I didn't even think about that
1: when I was doing it I was you know I was more thinking in terms of uh you know like I know that twilight had that too you know the team uh, the two teams and uh and I wanted I wanted to do something you know coming out of jack's uh death I wanted to do something that was just different that you know, that just to take it out of its what had been done before. And I, and I really, yeah. um, that that really worked. And, and I felt that we got some uh, really strong actors to come in and really, really and, and I know that, you know, the feedback I, I got from the actors on set, they they really appreciated sort of, you know, the direction that we went. So yeah. that was gratifying.
0: So how did you become involved with When Calls the Heart? How did you... Uh, start, uh, uh, you know, working with them, writing with them and, and
1: uh... they contacted me, you know, in the, uh-huh. the, in the process in this industry is that, you know, they they contact your agent or your manager and they, you know, just, you know, talk to you and, and you come in and you, um, you know, you uh, meet with, I met with uh, the Brad crevoy and then I met with uh, Hallmark and then we just, you know, went from there. Mm-hmm.
0: So did so you knew obviously that Daniel wanted to exit the show and so what was yeah. that like kind of planning the season and trying to make it work when you know it was obviously going to be very difficult for a lot of fans because that had been a basis for the show for all of this uh, all this time uh yeah what was that experience like
1: well, you know he he wanted to leave, and so the question then becomes how do you make it most dramatic impactful and impactful and I felt that that the audience you know wouldn't necessarily see see it coming right and and the and in drama, you look for those moments right you look for moments where you can move an audience or surprise an audience and I knew when i wrote uh, when we wrote the um the the episode prior to the season finale, uh-huh. that the I have the Mountie coming in and telling uh, Elizabeth that you know Jack mm-hmm. had died. I knew that the audience wouldn't believe it, but many of them would be saying, "No, that has to be a mistake," and I wanted to sort of hold on to the audience <laughs> until the finale, which. So, I, you know, I was hoping that they would just tune in and, and just to be sure and, and they did and the last the finale was the highest rated episode they'd ever had the, the, of uh, One calls the heart other than uh-huh. the Christmas episode movies. And it was such a powerful uh, story. I felt I was very proud of that. I, I was on set when we were shooting the, the scenes and 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 the, the, the uh, there's this one, there's one episode scene where, you know, the three women are, th- three women are talking to um, Elizabeth about what it's like to lose uh, their spouse and how powerful and, and emotional yeah, it was. I
0: liked that scene. And,
1: and every, and they did it like, you know, when you shoot an episode, when you shoot a scene, you shoot it like three to diff- four different times, a close up here, and then you do a wide shot, and then you turn around and you get the other side, and every take the women cried, and every take <laughs> when I was watching it on set, I cried. They were just so good. They, they, you know, The director would yell, cut. The women would come out dabbing their eyes. I'd be dabbing my eyes right next to the director watching it on the monitor. And then they'd go back in, they'd do it again. Same thing. Tears, they, they evoked tears from me. It was just so, such a powerful, and so, and then, you know, his burial scene, the, the fog rolled in just uh when uh, to give this really s- dramatic effect and we could not mm-hmm. have afforded to sort of produce that kind of effect and it was just there it just came as a result of uh, luck so it was wow, that's it cool. was really um it was in it uh and the bagpipes so it was just such, such a uh, an emotional scene i mean a lot obviously a lot of fans are angry mm-hmm. but uh because they don't want him to go you know from from our standpoint he was it was his, you know, he wanted to go there's nothing you know we could do to keep him there
0: mm-hmm. so it
1: the, you know it was just a matter of making the story as powerful and as dramatic as, as we could and i thought we accomplished that mm-hmm. uh, so although many uh, many fans are calling for my head
0: uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, i i mean how do you decide in a show like this uh what kind of what part of History, I guess, to include, and what parts to kind of pretend aren't there.
1: <laughs> with uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's the the biggest part, obviously, that we're pretending is not there is World War I, yeah. right? One. Yes, <laughs> we
0: kind of tease about that a little on the podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's you know, it's it's um, yeah, it's just that was sort of a decision that was had been made, I think, before I got there. So I've just uh-huh. been uh, going with it and. You know, obviously, another a big um, sort of, you know, we, we sort of call that area that they live in Can America, because it's sort of American and cana- Canadian, and it's sort of a mixture of the two.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's,
1: you know, it's yeah. So it's just if I feel if we if. Yeah, you know, again, the decision to make it not not talk about World War One was sort of decided before I got there. But mm-hmm. if it had gone to World War One, we it, it obviously it was a great war, and you cannot not talk about it, and it can't be sort of sort of a a bigger storyline if you do make if you do go in that area.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you feel like you brought in a different approach as a new showrunner? I know with I, I've been watching a fan of Doctor Who. And there's always the big talk in Doctor Who of oh the new showrunner, <laughs> Chris Chibnall's. You know he's ruining everything, and and then there's uh, Stephen Moffat, whoever's the showrunner. Uh, and I was just curious, do you feel like you brought something kind of new to the storytelling and What Calls the Heart? You
1: know, I, I it's I don't know if it's for me to say. I mean, if you, yeah. I came in season five, and I, so if you look at five, six, and seven now, I guess you'd have to just. Mm-hmm. you know make an individual determination it's, it's just it's really hard for me to yeah um to I know see. that what I, do, I I know the approach I take to this series which is mm-hmm. when I when I was uh when I got to jo- when I was got the job I I looked at all uh, prior episodes and they're what really I took what I felt uh worked and I focused on expanding that and and working on that and i tell people that the three sort of you i know, was watching it I, it turns out i'm a little bit of a crybaby because i have a tissues next to me and i dab my <laughs> eyes as i'm watching it the but what what the elements i felt really worked on this show are humor emotion and romance and and mm-hmm. the, you know the acronym there is her right so i now every time i you know write a script or I get one of the scripts from the other writers. I look at it and ask myself, is there enough of her in it? If there's, you know, like each, each episode has to have elements of humor, emotion, romance in it. And if there isn't enough, then I, you know, we just have to make some kinds of adjustments so, to make sure that it does.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they'd almost have more humor. Uh, I would even up it even more. I, I, cause I, like because I, I, Especially for Erin, because I think that she is at her best when she's a little bit silly. And I feel like this show hardly ever gives her the opportunity to be silly. And so I was really enjoying this last episode where she uh, puts the frosting on on uh, Nathan's nose and is just giggling yeah. a little bit. Because I, I just don't feel like we get to see that side of her. And I think Erin is really strong when she's it doesn't have to
1: be so serious. Yeah, she's a, she's a very strong actress. I mean, what I really, I've told all the actors this, and it's true. I mean, I feel on this show, there's a real embarrassment of riches in terms of uh, the acting talent there. I really can, I know I can write, uh, you know, a whole range of emotions from, you know, serious drama to, to humor, and, and the actors can just really deliver. And I'm, I'm really big fans of all of them
0: yeah it, it, it for sure so uh, why do you, why do you think that the show has has gained such a fan base is so popular what, what do you think is the the main appeal of this sort of nostalgic kind of show in a way
1: well i think it's um it's unique in
0: yeah. the
1: sense that you don't you don't see a lot of shows that deal in this time period, that deal, that are family friendly, um, and that have this sort of different, the tone that we're, we're talking about. So I, you know, it's always good to be in a field where there's not, it's not a crowded field yeah. so that I think that the audience, uh, knows what they'll get and, and they like sort of tuning in this today. I got this little, uh, email, which was great to see, that uh, the season seven debut of Hallmark, of this uh, One called the Heart, had its highest rating uh, se- season premiere since the program launched in 2014. No way. So really? it's just getting, it's, yeah, with the live plus three. So it's, um, it gets, it, it, it continues to grow, which is uh, really, really uh, unique and special. It's that, you know, in, in its seventh season, it, that it's, it's bigger than ever,
0: which yeah. is great. Yeah so yeah I think it was a bit of a risk that you kind of went this sort of love triangle route and uh, especially with with uh Nathan's uh, character him being a Mountie was that did you think about how, uh we better not because people are going to think we're replacing Jack were you worried about that well at all?
1: Uh, and that's well that's why I needed to add another element mm-hmm. and and make them different. And what I wanted to do in this, with these two characters, right. I, I, yeah. that's all right. Oftentimes it shows when there are two suitors, two p- potential you know, possibilities for a, 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 a lead character, one is clearly the right choice yeah. <laughs> and the other isn't, right? There's like the bad boy or someone who you don't want the audience to sort of don't go there, don't go there. But in this, what I wanted to do here, which, I don't think it's been done a lot, which is is create two really good choices for Elizabeth, and that it not be an easy choice. Yeah. And I think I've accomplished that, and 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 with two very different characters who offer two very different things mm-hmm. to uh, Elizabeth. So you know that's sort of been the, and and because of that, I think that there are strong feelings about who she should end up with. I mean, you have. You know, Lucas, who's a guy who's different and who originally when we introduced him, I wanted to create some mystery around him as to whether he was a good guy or not. Yeah. And then, we, you know, through the close time, you find that he is. And he offers something to Elizabeth uh, that, that Lu- Lucas, uh, that Nathan can't offer. And, but, and Nathan, is a, is, but Nathan is this guy who's a really responsible man who's raising his niece and just, you know has his, his own strengths. So I felt that, you know, the danger of, of having a ma- another Mountie would be for me to bring a Mountie on the show and, and make that her only option.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for people to say, That's, he's not Jack. Right. The, 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 but what I opted to do is create two different choices and then make Nathan a strong enough option that people would be saying, take him, go for him. Right. I'd rather have the audience say that than me as a writer, impose that on an audience. Mm
0: -hmm. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. They are a new sponsor this week. We're really excited about it. It is the streaming service Sundance Now, and uh, they provide a lot of the kind of uh, interesting content, enlightened content here on uh, the streaming service. It's only $4.99 a month. And, you know, we live in a prepackaged world when it comes to TV. We're spoon-fed reality junk, competitive dating shows, and singers behind masks. And we need stories with thought behind them sometimes. And, you know, we get that in Hope Valley, but, but sometimes we also need something that's a little bit more, a little bit, a little bit different uh, from different perspectives. It's, all, it's good to have both. And, uh, and I think it's something that can be good for your soul something, some diversity, some some different topics, and that's what you can get in Sundance Now. It's an ad-free streaming service created by AMC Networks for people who appreciate thought-provoking storytelling and fresh perspectives. If meaningful shows are your escape, then Sundance Now is the destination. They offer true crime series, dramas, and thrillers from all over the world. Their original series, McMafia, State of the Union, and The Cry have received international praise and awards. One thing that the Hardys might be interested in is they have a very recent version of Wuthering Heights. Uh, If you like costume dramas, which I do, uh, I really enjoyed getting a chance to see that. Uh, And they just have a wide variety of shows plus curated content. So definitely you should check that out, $4.99 a month. And right now you can try Sundance Now free for 30 days by going to sentencenow.com and use code Hallmarkies. That's SundanceNow.com, use code Hallmarkies for 30 days of free streaming. Yeah, I know. I think it's true. I think you've done a good job with that. That uh, I, because I think Sadie Me wants her to pick Lucas because I think that, It would be more interesting for the character uh but um but you know nathan is probably the more sensible choice especially that you know they both be parents so they'd have more in common uh but you know he builds her lucas builds her a library i mean come on
1: (laughs) 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 i tell you even among my even among my writers last year was like I'm team Lucas. And some of that, you know, same writers are saying, no, I'm team, no, last year was like, I'm team Nathan. Now this year they're saying now I'm team Lucas. So there's, you know, people are (laughs) even in the writers room are changing allegiances.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One thing I wondered about, so they have been trying to kind of give this redemption arc to Henry Gowan. And the only Mm -hmm. thing that kind of worries me about that is that I feel like the show is going to be kind of left without a proper antagonist. Uh, and I think you need that, because you need conflict, because that makes the story interesting. And so I'm a little, how do you feel about that, about Henry Gowan.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think well, Martin Cummings is a great actor, and I, I really love uh, writing his stuff. And he's, he's enjoyed this mm-hmm. journey. The, you know, the key to Gowan is, is that you not make him a good guy, you make him a complicated guy. And that's what I'm mm-hmm. trying to do this year. I think that, you know, it, it's, for me, the, the uh, drama is more fun when, when characters are faced with difficult choices and given their sort of personality bent, they opt maybe opt one way versus the other, as opposed to giving the character who's, who's just like a an arch bad guy, like a bad guy. I don't want, none of these guys, I, I want them to be bad. And I, you know, the, the advantage for Gowan for me was that he was ba- a bad guy initially. And I could, then now I've made him, I believe, more complicated. And that isn't to say I've made him a good guy. And, um, and, and I want to see how, I want to put him in, position, in a position where he has, you know, difficult choices and where, you know, people see him in a certain light because of what he did in the past and, you know, just, you know, and whether, you know, and how he sort of, uh, ultimately makes the tough, de- I want to present tough, tough decisions for him and I want to see how he sort of makes mm-hmm. whatever decision he's going to make. Because that's so, really the fun. That's the, yeah. that's the fun of writing for something or someone
0: mm-hmm.
1: is, to, is to put him in that position.
0: Yeah. So last year you were put in the position of having to remove Abigail and Cody from the season and you had about six weeks maybe something like that how did you guys pull that off i mean that was i was really impressed i mean we were we were inspecting it with (laughs) with magnifying glass trying to find the you know oh there's abigail no 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 uh and i i was really impressed how you guys pulled that off i mean what was that like
1: it was hard it was it was it was difficult and it was uh just from a from a writing standpoint I mean put aside sort of the emotional component of you know knowing glory and and having to uh, do that mm-hmm. the 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 mm-hmm. technical component of rewriting the season and re-editing it was was it was surgical I mean literally in order to do it quickly we had to find moments where we could like just uh, in an episode, write a few different scenes that would then make the whole episode now cohesive. Mm-hmm. So we would take her, all of her, all, of her episodes, all of her scenes out and then say, okay, now what's missing from this? How do we bridge this story to this story and just shoot, write specific scenes and then over a course of a week, uh, just shoot all, this, all the scenes for the whole season that, and then re-edit it. Uh, the hardest, uh, com- the hardest part was this. You know, we we ended up we shot in addition to the Christmas movie, we shot ten episodes. But in order to do what I just described, we only shot we only aired nine episodes. Yeah. Because of, of how we had to put things together, we uh, the hardest the hardest storyline for me was um, where we where where we mixed two separate stories. two. Uh, two separate episodes and made them into one.
0: Yeah, That
1: was the, like, knowing what I know, that's the episode that's sort of like, oh, I, I wish it was, I wish you, you know, I could have, you know, done more with that, but mm-hmm. that's. Yeah, uh, did
0: you have a stronger story for Gowan? Are, are you allowed to say? That's what, the, what we thought, yeah, oh, yeah. cut out a lot of Gowan. We
1: did, we, did, we did cut out Gowan because of his, some of Gowan because of his, uh, his, his uh connection to, to the abigail character yeah and literally there's one scene that he that was martin's he told me it was his favorite scene he's ever done He never had. <laughs> there is on oh, light of day yeah so it's uh so there was yeah so it was, it was a little
0: painful well i mean and and to cut to be able to cut cody out of all the school scenes that was yeah. also difficult i'm sure
1: it was it was yeah. difficult it was difficult we had to in some cases it, you know we had coverage where he would like you know in in a scene literally he was like right behind uh ally and the other characters and we could you know cut around it so he didn't see that he was behind her and, and then we had storylines where he was obviously talking
0: and we had to you know take those out very impressive you can tell the whole team that we were we were very. <laughs> we did a very good job, uh, and so, I uh, so then let's see. Just where's my next question? Sorry, um, okay. So then, I uh, we have this new season. We're really excited about it, and uh, yeah, there, uh, you know, obviously with no spoilers, uh, can you tell us kind of, uh, anything sort of. What overall to kind of uh, anticipate about the new season? What you're excited about?
1: Well, there's uh, there's some big dramatic turns, some life changing moments. There's uh, and then there's um, yeah that involve you know all the characters. I think you know some really high stakes come yeah. up are coming up all the way all the way to the, the season finale yeah. that you know are just big. Mm-hmm. Um, The, yeah, so just, I think this year is sort of in some ways bigger. I mean, other than the fact that, well, I can't even say it, there's some really, really big moments in this Mm -hmm. and really um, life-changing and potentially, you know, uh, I think the the fan base at the end of the year is going to be as engaged as they were Mm -hmm. at the end of season six
0: cool yeah i i think that it's really become more of an ensemble show uh, without uh laurie and dan i don't know i just i just feel like there's like the whole town all the characters are sort of needed in a way they might yeah. they weren't quite before like to yeah see. It,
1: is, it, is, it is it definitely is an ensemble and that's where again yeah. I, I have a strong cast that and I and they've just sort of grown. I, uh, when I started, you know, uh, Gallon, you know, I've taken him from jail to, uh, you know, to the you know, sweeping out uh, the lumber yard to striking oil, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. and I have, you know, the I have Bill Avery going from a sheriff to a judge, and people are just sort of moving and and growing, yeah. and so it's it's fun to write that.
0: Yeah. That was smart with Bill because Bill can be a bit of a <laughs> stick in the mud sometimes. And I think putting him as a judge, because he's already kind of judgy anyway, <laughs> to just just make a part of his job. I, mean, I thought it was great. Yeah. It was very smart. Uh, but anyway, so then you have this when hope calls and mm-hmm. I, when I first heard about it, I was a little bit skeptical because a lot of times these streaming service shows, are kind of the second tier like not good enough for prime time kind of uh right. kind of thing and so i i went into it with kind of low expectations uh and i was really pleasantly surprised i mean you could tell that you definitely had spent they definitely spent money for sure on the show and uh, mm-hmm. i really liked the dynamic of having the two sisters as opposed to just being sort of focused on elizabeth with one close to the heart and uh, i I thought that the acting was all pretty strong throughout and uh, I mean, were you, when you, when you're doing this new show, did you, how are you trying to kind of separate it from uh, when calls the heart, but also bring in that fan base? Because you don't want to do the same show over again.
1: Right. And so what I, what I wanted to do with this show is I felt if I would take it up, you know, geographically North of where Hope Valley is and that it's more remote and a ranching community it would have a different look and uh, that was the, the biggest thing for me is that it one have a different dynamic and a different look and the dynamic of two sisters who don't who don't really know each other who grew up in different circumstances and who are trying to reconnect I felt that was a dynamic that ha- hadn't wasn't didn't exist in the that I could tell in the Hallmark world, and it, it, you know Hallmark has shows about relationships and but this is one relationship I felt they hadn 't mined yet, and I felt mm-hmm. I could tell a lot of stories with that, so in, you know in the Christmas movie, a couple of years ago, I developed this spin off idea and brought these two sisters in with their with their orphans and you know that was sort of the launching the series mm-hmm. and and you know I could Delve into both the emotion of the sisters getting to know each other and their own sort of romantic relationships. But one thing that Hope Valley, given the where it shoots and you know our budget, is I I didn't have a real industry to show there. We talk about the mine, you know, the lumber company, and but we never, you know, we see just a, a tiny bit of what the lumber industry would be. So I wanted to be able to uh show whatever the industry was, and cattle is something that we don't see a ranch, so I thought you know let's, let's you know let's bring that in and that's i think a different look mm-hmm. it looks the time period's the same, but it looks a little bit more western because of how, where it is mm-hmm. so that's uh what i you know and it, and it really worked i mean we 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 built that town out of you know out of nothing we just started from scratch and and uh and you know being on the set of One Calls a Heart helped me and in, and in, in coming up with the design of One Hope Calls because I, I knew what worked and what didn't and and what you know what kind of sets we'd need and so it's it was, it's been it was, it was a great experience to sort of build it from the ground up.
0: Yeah, I was really impressed. I, I mean, especially they built that whole huge house and and uh yeah. Yeah, it was it was very impressive. So, well very good. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking uh with us. Well, thank you, uh, Rachel. The Hardies are going to love this. They're going to be really excited. And uh you do you have a social media or anything like that that you want to share? Or?
1: No, I haven't been on, partly because yeah. it's sort of uh yeah no i yeah. I've, um I've been told <laughs> okay. I should get on it but i've been <laughs> You're smarter. It probably saved, it probably saved me a little bit when they were calling for my head to <laughs> right. sort or of be a little, be away from it
0: <laughs> I don't blame you at all, so we'll <laughs> very good. well thank you again for coming on the show. uh We'll have to touch a base with you maybe uh maybe later in the in the season again or something like that sure, anytime. I, it's, it's been great and uh thank you very so, much. If you all are listening, let us know your, your questions, your thoughts, but all the different things that we've talked about and, uh, and thanks again. And we'll, yeah, we'll have to switch base again soon. I'd like to thank Alfonso for coming on the podcast. It was a lot of fun and, uh, I hope you all found that really interesting. I know I did. And so let us know your thoughts and make sure you're following the podcast at Helmurky's Pod and Helmurky's Podcast, all of our social media and on iTunes and YouTube. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews it helps us out so much. And if you're listening on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. And uh, thanks again to Alfonso. Uh, We have our patron group. So check that out. We also have our merch store, which has some Hardy's inspired uh, merch. So check that out. And uh, thanks again. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone.